Bring it. Hello and welcome to Food for Thoughts. This is Martin Hill and I have uh, today become my own esteemed guest because I am currently recording on my own. Um, so we haven't been around for a bit again, we keep having these gaps and keep apologising for them. It's just the nature of the time of year. Um, ben has now, he, he's, he's left me to go off and do his... Uh, panto season that him and his dad do we had together which is uh, always fun and I know that he enjoys it and I know that he's um, up north now getting all dressed up and doing his panto stuff so uh, he is going to try and do some uh, while he's away but we were a bit um, ill prepared I suppose uh, for uh, coming up to his time off because we knew he was going away but we uh, should have recorded some bits, but uh, yeah, you've just got me in, uh, as again, as Ben would say, in a truncated episode. Um, because unfortunately, while he's been working, I've also been working, which um, I suppose we can have a little chat about today, but also I've been horrifically full of cold for the last week and a half. It is the longest uh, cold I think I've had in quite a while. Um, <clears throat> so if I do... Uh, cough or sniff during the course of this I do apologise but I did feel that I wanted to come on um, and you know sort of say hi we haven't gone anywhere too drastic or anything like that uh, it's just we, we just haven't really had the time so I uh, I don't know if you've mentioned it in a, in a previous podcast or not to be honest but uh, obviously I'm still uh, looking on and off for work and I was fortunate to get a contract uh, with a company called Lapland UK, who uh, do this fully immersive um, Christmas experience, uh, which is just amazing. I mean, as as an event, it is an amazing experience. So t- today's uh, truncated episode uh, may be dedicated to that, because that's what I've been fulfilling my life with over the last uh, few weeks. Um and and sort of probably one big free advertisement for them for anyone who uh, is in the UK and looking for something to do with their little ones. Obviously, don't have the little ones listening to this. I don't imagine any of you do, but um, because it might give away some little secrets of the uh, the old um, Father Christmas visits and things like that. Um, but yeah, so Ben. Well, he does obviously writing with his dad, who was a previous guest on the show, uh, Keith Simmons. And prior to them going away, I employed his dad as one of the um, Father Christmases, uh, where I am, FCs for short. Um, and so, yeah, that was fun, so, seeing um, Keith regularly for a week or so, and uh, seeing him get involved with the Christmas side of things. Um because I mean, you know, say what you like about the Simmons, they are definitely a cheery side of, of uh, a cheery family. They're always pleasant. They're always happy. So, um, yeah, Keith was just a perfect fit for that role, really. So, um, yeah, I started um, as a company manager for them. It's a, it's a temporary thing which takes me up through to Christmas, which is cool. Uh, and I, you know, I definitely needed something to to help me out this year. Um. 
but the whole job searching process is so uh, sort of depressing for want of a better word um i i'm i'm stuck in a situation where um it's just it's bizarre because on on paper we're going we're going to get a lot of martin's internal thoughts coming out now, i think but uh on paper it annoys me because I, I I've got like um I've got a degree I've got two postgraduate diplomas, um I've done cinematography courses stage management courses, uh recently qualified for the Prince Two project management certificate, um both foundation and practitioner I've just got my personal license, um, I've worked for a good chunk of time in sales as as you've heard me and Ben discuss with our. Uh, a lot of time we've spent together is working for a sales company, and so on paper to me, I I kind of feel like I'm a candidate for something, you know, um, but a lot of the things that I'm applying for uh, didn't even get an interview, or um, I've had an interview, and maybe surprisingly, the one thing I'm not good at the interviews is talking, which is ironic considering what I'm doing here now, so. Yeah, it's a minefield. I don't envy anybody who's been made redundant and in this situation. And I'm sure there's, um, you know, many of you who who are suffering this now. And then you watch like the news and stuff, and all the, uh, well, I mean, I don't watch it religiously, but some of the stuff that they say on there, and they're saying, oh yeah, you know, we've created more jobs and there's more people in work now than before the pandemic. And I'm like, well, who? Like everyone that I know is struggling in some way, uh, shape or form, because of the um, pandemic, or they've had to do massive um, career changes, or or even minor career changes. People have had to change their track um, on many different levels, and it's all because of what's happened. And I just think that there's, like, a lack of support, really, for... Uh, so, like, for example, I, I signed on to... The job center in in I think I eventually swallowed my pride and did it in uh, August or something like that, and and they just told me that there was only a certain amount of funding that I was entitled to, and I sort of I think it was up to December actually, um and that's all I was allowed. Now I don't know if they do that because there is on there's a there's a limit on what they're allowed to give, or I don't know if they do that because there's a uh, you know, to try and force people to get a job so people don't just aren't like sitting on benefits or something like that. Although to be fair, it's only like seventy five pounds uh, a week or something, so it's not. Uh, I can't imagine anybody being able to sort of live uh, off that. So I don't know why anyone wouldn't be trying to find a job. Um, but to add the pressure in in the sort of overall environment that we're living in now and to add that pressure that oh you've got to do it by this time or that's it it's game over you get no help it's just incredibly stressful and 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 really sort of put me on a downer so there's been times where i've just yeah been been a bit i don't want to say depressed because i think that that's um unfair to people who i feel really struggle with things like that and I don't think I really struggle with it I feel as a person I'm generally quite a happy person or I try my best to be um but yeah there's times when you just get that sinking feeling you think well what what else can I do I've literally done 
course after course during lockdown to try and keep myself, one, entertained in some way and two, relevant in some way. And I don't know if it's an arrogance on my part that you try and go for these interviews and you think, or you, you do these applications online and you think, yeah, I'm I'm really happy with that application. That I, I can see no way why if I wasn't the employer that I wouldn't at least give me as a person an interview. Um, and again, I'm happy to sort of say, yeah, maybe that's just arrogance on my part and everybody sort of thinks the worth is more. But the more that you don't get the interview, the more that you don't get anywhere, you kind of think, oh, well, you know, maybe it's, my worth is far less than what I thought it was. So it it's a battle. It's a minefield of things to go through. Um, and it really sort of plays into themes of like mental health and trying to stay positive and find ways to be positive. And um, I try, I think I'm quite fortunate that I have a, a good selection of people around me that sort of keep me tuned into the fact that, you know, it's not as bad as it could be or, you know, I'm very thankful for what I have. Um, and, and always will be thankful for the position that I'm in now. I'm living in London, you know. I've just got married, as you know. Uh, we've got a flat here with a garden and and all those things. And my wife's training to be a therapist at the minute, so it's not like the future is completely bleak, but it's just that constant feeling of well, what, why, why can't I get these positions? So. And then I suppose the flip side of that is maybe I'm just aiming too high, but then that goes back into the sort of battle you have with yourself in your head. Like, you know, is it because you think you're better than you are or because you're reaching higher than you can reach or whatever? But the, the things I apply for have all been jobs that I'm, uh, I've am i either done before in some part or I feel perfectly uh, safe saying that I can do it and I can do it to a very good degree as well so anyway that's been my sort of feeling on the whole job situation and um, yeah I mean you know happy for anyone to come at me and, and share any um, trials and tribulations they've been having um, through it all because uh, yeah you know at few thoughts on twitter or dm me hit me up and we'll uh, both Ben and I, you know, we're happy to listen to stuff as well. I know a lot of our podcasts are a bit jovial or a bit juvenile sometimes, but we try to do a bit of both. It is feud for thought, you know. This is probably more of a thinking one because I've got no one to sort of uh, wrap off or um, chat to. So you're kind of just getting a, whole, a huge internal monologue of uh, Martin's life at the minute. Um, and, you know, because I'm sat here wrapped in a blanket, um, full of cold, feeling a little bit sorry for myself as well. Um, uh, yeah, it's all it may all splurge, but we shall see. So what happened was, um, again, I don't know if we've discussed it before. Apologies if we have, but a, f- a very f- uh, well a long few years ago, I should say, um, around about two thousand fourteen, I actually one of uh, got a job with Lapland UK as a Father Christmas. Um, and it was fantastic. It was a brilliant experience. And they go to... Te- like, everything is so well done. And basically, the people who own it... Um, 
uh, Mike and Alison, they sort of went to... They, they weren't blessed with children, from what I understand. And they went to Lapland and they saw the big events that they have over there. And I think they've sort of wanted to recreate this uh, world um, in the UK. And, you know, part of it was because they wanted to do this for the kids. And part of it was because it's a phenomenal business um, that it's turned into. And the, the foresight was very much... Uh, has has very much come to fruition because it's 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 in the middle of um Bracknell Forest near Ascot and it's beautiful just everything that they've done and built and they've just turned this forest into a huge event for um the whole of well the the majority of December and November and so um. And they tell this beautiful story with it as well. So if any of you do have kids or you're thinking of doing something with your kids, I hugely recommend this event. And the first time I was there, it was as an FC. And um, it was uh, sort of a surreal experience because, you know, at one point you're just dressing up in a costume and you're being a sort of character that you perceive Father Christmas to be. And uh, all the different guys there have different interpretations of it. Um, But you do kind of follow a little bit of a script. Um, but it was just really fun just having just interacting with the kids and you soon became apparent that you're really making Christmas for them like it's literally they believe so much and I think what made it more surreal for me is that uh, one I was a lot younger so I was like nearly 10 years younger than I am now so I was probably the youngest FC in the room Um, but also I think that uh, not having children uh, I mean, I had my nieces and nephews, but they've been very young at, at, at that time. Uh, uh, but not having that experience, so not knowing that that experience and like the joy that kids can have when they just see a big man with a beard, is is um, yeah, really a surreal experience. And to be the older person in that scenario was very strange as well, but hugely, hugely rewarding and. Um, yeah, I had so much fun doing it. And they have, in, in, in each season, they have what they call a superstar day. And um, because the, Mike and Alison as well, they like to do something for uh, charities a lot. So they do a lot for the hospitals and they usually do a lot of personalised videos from some of the FCs that they send to the hospitals and stuff. So they're very creative in how they try and stretch out their business into um, different areas. But the superstar day is usually for either... Uh, children or parents uh, or guardians that might have um, access issues or, uh, you know, well, well, issues in general, physically or mentally, um, where, the, you know, people might not like big crowds or whatever, so they, they get to spend a bit more time uh, with Father Christmas um, and things like that. And that was probably one of, in fact, today, I have to say, that day... I did as a Father Christmas in them was probably one of the most rewarding days I've ever had so far because it means so much more to them and, you know, you, you've you been Father Christmas for kids who are, uh, are dying, essentially. A couple of them that I had, they were terminally ill and they knew that, 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 that you know, their time was short um, and yet, you know, still treated me like a cele- well, not me. Treated Father Christmas like he like a celebrity to them. Like they still had that belief, even though they've got that, uh, 
certainty of an end coming and it was they probably taught me a lot more empathy than I probably had for my at the time so it was a very rewarding day and they still do that we just had that on Wednesday actually just gone for uh, for the new for the uh, Lapland this time so it was a a very challenging sometimes funny uh, day as well because the things they say are hilarious um so yeah uh, they uh, when I left there they did reach out for a couple of years after but I'd to see if I wanted to go back as an FC but I'd um, found work elsewhere and then I just happened to see that they were advertising so I I spoke to them and I said look I'm happy to come in and uh, they agreed that I'd be good for this company manager position. So that's what I've been doing. I've been running the background of it, which is uh, even more enlightening to see that the lens that they go to... Excuse me, while I just drink some water. So, um, just to give you an idea of what happens. So if you've got kids, this is uh, why it's a good place to go. Um, so you go on the internet and you tell... Um, you book your tickets. And when your tickets are booked, they send out an invitation to the the children. And it's an invitation to come and help Father Christmas prepare for Christmas. Um, so they come in and they go through this... You start at the edge of the, the, the forest and there's this beautiful entrance that they've built. So everything's sort of self-built and high-quality builds as well, like all these log cabins and everything. And... Uh, you go through this grand entrance and you walk into the world that they've created, which is um, it's like this entrance where uh, that's made out of like, it's it's all sort of funky stuff. There's like it's all looks like it's made out of suitcases and um, sort of like a like a check-in center that you go to, uh, and that's where you check in and you get assigned to either one or two groups, huskies or reindeers, and that's how you two around. And then you go through these secret doors, down these little tracks, and into this big um, open area with this large tree in the middle, and there's a performance there. So there's a little bit of a performance in the opening area as well, actually. But you go into the grand uh, room, I think they're called a glade, and there's another little performance where they get set split into the groups. And then they follow their groups, and they go into the toy factory. And in the toy factory, they build what is... Um, at the minute, they're doing it out of wood because it can. It's got to be COVID, so it's. All, I think it used to be like a stuff the bear thing originally, um, but they build like these teddies, and all the kids build them, and um, in helping Father Christmas prepare the toys, uh, and that's what they build. I think it's called Teddy Fenton this year, and um, and then they leave, and they go through to. Mother Christmas as kitchen. So in Mother Christmas as kitchen, they decorate gingerbread. So they have gingerbread biscuits. They decorate that. Uh, I think she reads them a story, uh, and this is a story uh, about the husky heroes. Um, so every year they have a different type of husky, different colours, different names, um, and I think they rotate it after like six years or something because it might be seven, because that's generally when uh, generally sorry where. Um, Kids would probably stop believing in things, so uh, I think then they re- they go back to the first one, and so they learn about these hu- the story of the husky here, and that kind of prepares them for going to see Father Christmas because that's the toy that they get where when they go in there, and then they go into the village, and in the village it's like this vast open space. There's a huge restaurant that they've built there. There's um sweet shops that they've built there, little toy shops and like a gift shop. 
Uh, there's a little post office where they can write messages to Santa and post them, which is actually beautifully decorated with um, all the old mess um, letters that people send. So whenever uh, they've bought... I don't know how they swung it, but they've got the right. So whenever someone in the UK writes to Father Christmas, Lapland, whatever, and posts it, it goes to Lapland UK. And they use those letters and things to... Uh, I don't think they open them, but they keep them in the envelopes. And they use that to decorate the post office that, that's there. So it's, it's literally decorated out of genuine letters that children around the UK have sent to Father Christmas, which is a really nice touch as well. And there's also a big... Um, massive ice rink in the middle so they can go ice skating and stuff so you can spend a lot of time in the village um, and obviously there's lots of food places as well as the restaurant and then uh, you get to go up and do your visit with Santa so uh, there's huskies running around as well so they have uh, huskies with trainers there so you, you they can go pet the live, live huskies not, not the little toy huskies uh, and then you follow. It's quite a long trail, I admit, but on the way, there's lots of different. To the trail to Father to the Father Christmas lobby. There's lots of things to do on the way. There's lots of little health, uh, health, elf huts and things like that, and so you can take lots of pictures. There's this bridge going over a gully that's there, which is all beautifully decorated as well. It's all sprayed with fake snow, so it literally looks like you're walking through a, a winter wonderland, which obviously is the idea. Uh, and then you go all the way around to the FC lobby. And in the lobby, you then get taken by one of the magic elves to go see Father Christmas. And uh, that's kind of where my role comes into it. But when you're in at Father Christmas, um, they have lots of information that surprise the kids. So when, when you fill in your ticket on the website, you get to put in bits of information. So you put like uh, the, I don't know, the favourite person or pet or whatever... Uh, they've got their age, the birthday, whether they're a returner or not. They've got um, uh, something they really like to do. And the last big thing that they did, I think, are the three main options. And that is secretly given to the Father Christmas just before the viewing. So when you open the door to Father Christmas, uh, they're all in a log cabin. And... Uh, when they open the door, he welcomes them in by name, he knows their name, he knows their age, he knows whatever information you've put on that card, they quickly absorb it and use it to give a personalised visit, uh, which is brilliant because uh, while it can be hard on, on the FCs to remember it all and get it all in in terms of chatting with them, it's amazing because they're just so... Uh, just overwhelmed with the fact that he even knows these things you know so if they've got like a pet dog you know wolfy whatever and it's on the thing and the fc's there and he's like oh alison come in or oh, you didn't bring wolfy to come see me or and they're just like oh he knows about wolfy it's just it just makes this magical moment and you can just see it in their face that even the ones who are like i'm not too sure if i believe this when they get all confronted with this information that he couldn't possibly know about them you know, whether even little things like if they've just scored a hat trick at football or something like that, it just you can just see it in the expression that it's it's such a magical event for the kids. And um, in in the event they get made an on in the visit they get made an honorary elf, so they get a little uh, bell because there's a story somewhere on the journey told about how some elves have bells and some don't. And, 
I'm not 100% sure on how that works, but they do get made an honorary elf. And then they get an early Christmas present, which is this year's Husky, which is a plush toy Husky. And they're beautiful toys as well. And they on the way as well, they see the reindeer, so they have live reindeer there. There's lots of things I just keep forgetting and slipping in because I'm useless at memory. Um, and then they go into the shops, and at the shops on the way out, the parents are discreetly given a bag, gift bag, and in there is the Teddy Fenton that they made in the toy shop, which has come to life as a real bear. Well, it's not not a not a real bear, obviously. It's a toy bear. And then the parents can put that under the tree for them on Christmas Day. And that completes the story. So this is a whole thing. So from invitation, which could be any time in the year whenever you make your booking, you get the invitation and they go all the way through this story up to Christmas Day. And it's so well thought out and so beautifully done that, um, you know, you kind of wonder, you know, how anyone can stop believing when you're embroiled in that kind of magical event. And I think that um, it's the kind of thing that should buy... I mean, it's been going for years. I'm surprised they haven't just banded it around and done them around the country, to be honest, by now, because it could be so much bigger. Um, but then it's one of those things it might lose its mystique, I suppose, if it is everywhere, isn't it? It's like, you know, if you had a Disneyland in every town, then you know it wouldn't be that special going to Disneyland, I suppose. So, yeah, it, it, it's just one of those things that's just such a magical event and a magical thing. And so I came on as company manager. And as company manager, I've been looking after the performers, specifically the FCs. So, believe it or not, there are 16 FC huts on site. And they're all sort of connected from the lobby. So each elf has to make sure they take you to the right hut. And so 16 of them, which means I need at least 16 father christmases but i've actually got i think 48 at last count so they all get scheduled in so and each hut has to have an fc and two magic elves so one who's in the house and one who runs the families to and from and um so yeah three um people in each hut there's about i think 32 different shifts um throughout the whole day and you times in that by three every day. So you're looking at nearly a hundred and odd different shifts you have to look after per day and then times that over all the days and stuff. So it was I was given this task and it was quite daunting at first and I'm looking at this massive schedule that had no names in it. Well it had a few names that my manager had put in already. And you just think, how am I gonna fill this? Like it was just but it was great to be working, so I was like, yeah, I'll do this, and you get to know them, and the guys are great, and it, it because it's all part of this event, you kind of get lost in the mystique of it, which is nice. Um, but the the whole event was just, um, well, is just brilliant. Although I am struggling at the weekend for FCs, so um, there's every chance I might have to put the uh, the suit on myself again and go into one of the huts, which will be fun. I mean, I've kind of been putting it off because making an issue out of it that I don't really want to go in, but part of me does. I think it'd be quite fun to go in there and just have a day, um, just chatting to kids all day. Um, but to do it every day is quite exhausting, I'm not going to lie. Because uh, they do have to sit there and just literally go over things all in all, over and over and over. 
so then the next problem was that it was um christmas time isn't it like the downside to working with christmas stuff from like october onwards is that when it comes to um the fact that christmas is starting you kind of miss it i keep seeing high streets and they've got all the lights switched on i'm like oh wow it is actually christmas now it's happening and i've done zero christmas shopping um well that's not true i've done a few bits that i've sent up to our mums because uh uh, I don't get. I don't usually get things sent here in case my wife sees them, because uh, we've only got a two bedroom flat. Uh, so I usually get things sent up there, and I'll wrap them uh, when I arrive. Although that put me in a bit of a position last year, because last year obviously I couldn't go back north last year. So me and my mum had to do some creative courier up and down the motorway. Um, although we actually just ended up paying a courier to do it, which is far easier. Uh, like Yodel or something like that, that it was, I think, just transported all our presents up and down um, because we were supposed to have that five days freedom to go up and do our Christmas um, thing, but it all got taken off us. And this year, who knows? I keep seeing on the thing that cases are rising, so I'm hoping that they don't close um, Lapland down because that would be horrific for all involved. Um and especially because it got cut short last year as well, so um, I, I don't want anyone to have to lose money or lose work. Like I said, trying to work in today's world is hard. It's a hard process. Uh, anyone who is in full-time work, uh, yeah, keep it. Don't don't go. Just enjoy, enjoy the fact you've got it would be my advice. Um and certainly make sure that you've got your vax and your boosters. Because uh, all these public things, I think I was reading today that there were, is it Germany? Yeah, I think it's Germany. It sounds like some of Germany would do anyway. That they're they're now sort of banning anyone unvaccinated from all these public performances or areas and things like that. Which is you know like I said very very German to do in a stereotypical German kind of way. But um, also kind of sense I think it's going to happen. I think there might be something coming. That's I don't think we'll. Have, I don't think we're going to have the drastic lockdown effect that we've had previously. Um, but I think there should be more restrictions. They've just done the masks back in retail. Uh, I don't know about you, but I've actually just I've not really stopped wearing my mask in in shops and stuff. Uh, most of the time I will put it on until unless I'm I'm in there and I think actually you know I'm safe to take it off um, because I don't want it again I, I've had it still to this day don't have any sense of smell don't have any uh, t- well I do have some taste that's a lie so I, I do have a little bit of taste but not much uh, and so to, to get it again would be awful but I know a friend of mine who recently uh, got tested positive and he's barely had any symptoms whatsoever um and and that kind of proves to me that you know the vaccine does work i know there's many of you out there who probably think oh yeah it's a big conspiracy theory and it's all about money and power and um all that and th- there's potential rumors that it was man-made or whatever uh which i just personally find is you know bs to be honest 
uh, you're entitled to your opinion, but you know this is my forum on I'm on here, and uh, no, I think it's an unfortunate thing that happened just like it did hundred years ago, and I think, um, the difference being, a hundred years ago we didn't have access to all these medias and, um, multimedia platforms that prolong all this BS and start vomiting out all this kind of bacteria of information that everybody keeps absorbing um and it really dilutes the facts and i think that's the biggest problem that's happened over the last year is the facts of everything have been heavily diluted by people putting their own opinions in there and back in the day when it happened with like the spanish flu and stuff like that i mean everyone just banded together and got on but it was about survival uh, and I don't find that now. I think now th- there's very little survival and it's more uh, selfishness, to be honest. Uh, people are only out for themselves, as expressed very well with the uh, toilet paper scandal that happened um, early last year. Everyone just out buying, stocking, um, very little care for any other people on the planet and that annoys me. Uh I can't do with that. I just find that so bad in terms of helping your fellow man, as it were. And that's just an expression before anyone kicks off about me saying fellow fellow person, whatever. Um, and yeah, we had to we had to buy. Um, uh, we bought a big, um, like those things you get at like uh, Costco or something like that. The big packs of toilet roll and stuff like that. We had to buy that because I could only. I think I had to buy it off Amazon or something, and I think it cost me an absolute fortune. But we had no one had any toilet paper, so I ended up buying this massive pack. So you kind of, it kind of forced people who didn't want to hoard stuff to end up hoarding stuff. Because like I said, we've got a small flat. I didn't have anywhere to shove all this stuff, so I rely heavily, as many people do in London, who have got, you know, little space and value every single bit of it. Um. I didn't have anywhere to store stuff, so we can't stockpile. We rely on these shops and people who just come and abuse these local shops and just empty them out and stock everything in the houses. Uh, it's just crazy. And I know I'm beating a drum that happened a couple of years ago, but it's still, still on my mind now because I keep reading stuff about all these conspiracy theories now. People um, don't help each other and people are attacking each other and... It's just a sad case of affairs, really, because if it wasn't for all the media stuff, that wouldn't be happening. Because we're just literally looking at... um, uh, Propaganda is the the best word of it. We get sucked into it. And don't get me wrong, I'm not infallible to it. I, too, read things and I'll go, oh, is, is... Well, no, usually what I do is if I'll do that, I'll question it. I'll be like, someone tells me something or someone... Or I read something, my first instinct to go, is that actually true? And then I will try and find some research that kind of um, affirms it or not. But the problem is that when you Google certain things, particularly if it's uh, trending in in media at the minute, is it's all this mainstream media stuff. So everything you get is like an article from a newspaper or a, a tabloid or something like that. You don't really put into Google a search requirement and pull up uh, scientific evidence straight away. You, you have to delve deep to try and find something that's 
of any form of standard where you can go, oh, yeah, that makes sense to me now, and that's explained to me, so I will believe this because I know that this is fact. But we don't. We we tend to stick to, um, I suppose, our favourite newspaper and, and see what they say, or our favourite news channel and see what they say. And They're all a bit biased, really. They're all a bit... You know, I don't know how much of it's pulling factual information and how much isn't. I suppose on the flip side, you know, where do we... You know, even when the scientists come on, like they were during all the COVID briefings, uh, we didn't believe them. So, so like, we're damned if we do, damned if we... It's, we don't know what to believe. We don't know whether um, to believe what we read in the papers, on the news, or what the scientists say, but we always want proof um, of what we think. So I think a lot of people tend to get... Uh, they only tend to focus on stories or information that they read that highlights their point of view, and they don't tend to really accept the others. And I think that's what leads to a lot of the arguments and a lot of the problems that we have, um, because everybody has this sort of entitlement to be right, um, and so we try and prove it. And I'm guilty of that, you know, but I'm not guilty of that to these grand political statements. I don't claim to know a lot about politics. Um, although I have had a few days where I've been at home and for some reason, I don't know why, I can't imagine it was my wife, but the TV was on the like the BBC Parliament channel where you, you just sits and watches the House of Parliament all day. And there's a couple of times I've found myself getting quite engrossed into it, like how they argue with each other and... Um, some of the things they say, it, it's quite funny. It it certainly beats EastEnders for me, anyway. Um, so I have watched that a few times. But I don't claim to know anything about it, what I'm taught. But I understand where that thing comes from, because what I mean is, um, I suppose from my point of view, like I'd have an opinion on, like, I don't know, a film or a TV show or something like that, and someone will question me on it. My instinct is not to debate this out and say, oh, you think this, where's this come from? Or have a chat. My instinct is to get on the phone and Google it and say, oh, look, this proves I'm right. And it's usually one or two of the first things that comes up. You know, no, that's my point of view. There you go, I'm right. The internet has proved it. I have been deemed worthy of winning this argument because Google says so. And that's kind of what everybody does now. Everybody just doesn't have an opinion. They have a, a phone or a laptop and a search engine, and they just stick it in and believe everything they say. Uh, Wiki's the worst one. Like lots of people listen to what Wikipedia says, but Wikipedia is is self, uh, governed. Like I think I can go on there and edit a page of Wikipedia. It's sort of self funded. And every now and again, you'll see they'll they'll be posting stuff. Can we have some? Can someone donate a quid or two pounds? Because you know, just to keep this running. I don't know who set it up, to be honest, Wikipedia, or how uh, it got all the information that it's got. But I know you can... I think you can either... There might either be a button on it or something, or there's something you press, or there's someone you email, and you go and say, look, your information is wrong because of this, this, and this. And if you can prove it, they'll change it. Or you can change it. Um, So even though that is a a very popular source of, of proving what's what. And I'd probably say 90% of the information on it is perfectly accurate. But that stemmed, like those sites that have all this history 
encoded into it has created that motion of no I'll prove it there's Wikipedia um, so yeah anyway this has been what I can only sort of describe as a huge brain fart of, of Martin's um, I'm sorry Ben is not here for me to ridicule which uh, I think is where the stems the entertainment I'm also sorry if I'm a bit croaky and sniffly uh, and drinking water every two minutes uh, it's just because I've been a bit ill but I did want to come on and do something and sort of uh, give you feud for thought really there's no feud there it's just food food for thought on this occasion just the ramblings of an insane Christmas out um, job seeking cold filled uh, northern muppet I suppose and that's the other thing, my my one day off. So I have to get there at Ascot, like at, I don't know, um, nine in the morning usually, but so I, I sometimes stay over in a hotel, sometimes I don't. Uh, on my days off, I like to come home. Um, but I, I have to be there all day because I'm running the whole... So the days that I'm in, I usually start at nine o'clock and I'll finish probably about 11, half 11 at night. So they're really long days. But I do get breaks and they do feed me. For free, and it's fully, you know, fully catered, which is nice. Um, so when I come home, like, I get, like, one or a couple of days off, whatever, uh, and I am full of cold, and I have been working straight these long hours, and then my day off today, and Alana asked me if I will put the Christmas tree and decorations up. And I'm like, what? I said, I'm, I'm all done with Christmas now. <laughs> For some reason, I quite like the flat being a non-Christmas zone at the minute, because I just get it all day, every day. Uh, with work um, but I haven't done it to be fair so she may be a bit mad when she comes back uh, at the weekend because she's gone to her mother's uh, when she comes back and sees that it's not been done but I will have to do it next week now um, plus it's only the 3rd it's Friday the 3rd of December tonight and my mum always told me you put it up on the 6th of December and take it down I think on the 6th of January which I think adds up to, is it 12 days before and 12 days after? Could be wrong. That's not 12, is it? No, I don't know when you put it up then. I've always put it up round about the 6th because that just seems right. But it might be that I have to take it down round about the 6th because that also seems right. Um, I don't know. Again, hit me up at Feud Thoughts. When do you put your tree up? When do you take your tree down? Have you had any issues getting work? All these things will give me something to chat about if I have to do it myself next week. Uh, but hopefully we will try and find a way to get Benjamin Button back, who's off doing his panto season, and he can tell us all about that and uh, how he's getting on up there. And yeah, it's been very nice chatting to you all. Uh, thank you very much for listening. At Feud Thoughts for any uh, thoughts, opinions, and um, as always, I've been me. Martin Hill. Good night.